Amen. Open your Bibles to Psalm 68. We're just going to go one verse there and then Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Two passages in Psalms. Psalm 68 in verse 19, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. Now look at Psalm 103. I'm just going to do six verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Tonight uh, you can say, count your blessings for our many benefits. Count your blessings for our many benefits. And uh, so we're just going to spend a little time looking at some of the benefits we have in the Word of God. And you know, so many times you know it's hard because people, they want God's blessing, don't they? They want God's mercies. But uh, there's an old saying that says, men would pluck their mercies green when the Lord would have them to be right. We always want something when we want it now. Instead of waiting in God's timing. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, <laughs> I'm a Lego, so you know something's going to happen. Tonight I was with my hunting partner. We were trying to clear a spot to put a ground blind up because uh, deer season bow opens October 1st. I only got a couple days and then I'm traveling out to Iowa because I'm doing a wedding, okay, for Zoe Shelton and Jonathan, okay, Beerman, the son of one of their mission, our missionaries. So I want to go out there and get a deer quickly, leave it so that Mike and Carla have to cut it up and stuff like this. But we turned around and we were clearing places to get to the tree stands and then we decided one spot we're moving a tree stand out of, we want to put a ground blind in there. And I said, Bob, that looks like the perfect spot, my hunting partner, next door neighbor. And he backed the tractor in with the brush hog to mow it. And he didn't see the cloud of ground hornets that started to come up. He got stung 10 or 12 times and he swatting at him, trying to drive away from the tractor. And people, I can't run anymore. But I moved fast enough, the only place the bee got, bees got me once in the hand and then they stung me twice in my left Achilles tendon. All right, so it's just the way that is. So, you know, I've got to wait upon the Lord because we're not moving too quick. All right, it's just the way that goes. Okay, and so I think that the Lord was saying if you'd have spent a little bit more time picking out your spot, you know, you wouldn't have had that issue. Okay, so, you know, and also I want you to know there's two ways of being rich. There is. One is having all that you think you want. And the other is being satisfied with what you have. One rich, riches always satisfies. The other 
is not quite enough. Those of you who remember Pastor Christian, he used to say he was working on his second million. He failed on the first million, so he moved to the second. And that's the way, he always, just the way he says. And I, I just, he said, I never care. He says, I hope I'm going to have, and I says, if I've lived my life right and I've witnessed to enough people, I've got a lot more riches in heaven than I'm ever going to have here on earth. And I believe he does. Amen? Amen. So, forget not his benefits in Psalm 103, verse 2. All right? And it's, bless the Lord. All I can think of that, I want to break out in song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is with me. In me, bless his holy name. Okay, but we're not going to do that tonight. But I want you to realize that so many times, the reason I mentioned uh, men pluck their mercies green is sometimes, you know what happens? They forget what God does. So many times we forget and we get, try to get ahead of God. So the, the, the law first mentioned, first Old Testament mentioned about benefits is found in Second Chronicles. So I want you to go to Second Chronicles and I want you to go... Chapter 32, and I want you to go to, let me see here, 2 Kings, chapter 20. So in 2 Chronicles, chapter 32, just a couple of verses, we're going to read at verse 24, 2 Chronicles 32, and it says, In those days Hezekiah was sick to the death, and prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up, therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. I want you to understand, no matter, there is always somebody who follows you. Now Hezekiah was the king of where? He was king of Judah. And the nation was going to suffer because of him. And you need to realize our country's in trouble because everything rises and falls on leadership. Churches rise and fall on leadership. Kingdoms rise and fall on leadership. And many times what happens is that kings will forget from whence they came. So don't presidents. Okay. So don't pastors. So don't fathers and mothers and children. And I'm not, not to be so of Christians. Okay, and so it says, Notwithstanding, in verse 26, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Now, I want you to turn now to 2 Kings 20. We won't take time to read the whole chapter, but what's going on here is Hezekiah is made sick. He's, he's covered with boils from head to foot. Boils aren't just something that break out through the skin. They are a blood disease. They are a blood illness. And you are deathly sick when you have them. You run fevers. And the blood causes the stuff to, to fester up and break out through the skin. It's a very painful situation. And that's what he had. You can find in 2 Kings 20, verse 7. Okay, and Isaiah said, take a lump of figs, and they took it and laid on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, what shall be a sign that the Lord, this is verse 8, will heal me, and I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day. And Isaiah said, the sign that thou shalt have. See, what did he talk about in Second Chronicles? That God gave him a sign. 
that the Lord will do the thing which he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. Then we find after this, I mean, God miraculously heals them. God gives them a sign where time went backwards. Ten degrees. All right? And what do you find out in verse 10 or 12? At the time Barodak Baladin, the son of Baladin, the king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. Be careful about presents, all right? Unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them what? All the house of his, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment, all the house of his armor. In all that was found in his treasuries, there was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Hezekiah showed him all of what were blessings from God and did not show them the God who the blessings came from. Old Testament missions, when the temple was built, people were to travel to Jerusalem and the Israelites were to lead them to the temple so they could see the dwelling of God and see the blessing of God pointing them to God. And the king pointed them to his material things. And that's why judgment came upon him. You know why I say this? Hezekiah forgot the Lord where the blessings came from. Forgot the Lord where the healing came from. And basically, you know what he was saying to God? What have you done for me lately? Say, why do I say that? Because Christians, all the time, fail to remember what God has already done what he'd already delivered them from, what he had already blessed them with, what he'd already taken them out of, what he already saved them from. And they turn around and then they start doubting God because they don't have faith in his word and they're looking at the things in their life and things do not sustain. Okay. But the Lord does. Because whether we live, whether we die, we are to be absent from the bodies, present with the... See, Hezekiah had special blessing. He was one of the good kings, believe it or not. But he ended up with a loss of blessing because he forgot the source of the benefits that he had received. All I say this for is do not let that be you. Don't be, what have you done for me lately? It's been told many times different ways, but my father told me many years ago, my father, high school education, worked his way up to becoming a supervisor and then a supervisor of supervisors at 
General Electric when they were in their heyday in Syracuse. At one point, General Electric in Syracuse employed 50,000 people. They had multiple plants all over the city. And my father had worked his way up, and then you know what he did? He trained men who came in up like him, and pretty soon they had parallel positions. My father worked for them 25 years and developed a heart problem and needed help. And one of the men that he trained and helped and promoted and encouraged bypassed him in his position and actually became a superintendent. Okay, about three positions above my father. And then when it came time when my father needed help, you know what the man said? You haven't done anything for me lately. You know, sometimes we do that to the Lord. Is what have you done for me lately? We fail to rehearse in the ears of our children the blessings God has given us. The people we've seen saved, our own salvation, the way God has provided. Because you know what we like to think? We like to think that we provide it. I'm telling you right now, you provide nothing. Because all it takes is one big boil and you're going to be down. So that's the first point. And that, I'm preaching positive tonight, I promise. <laughs> okay, but we start with it. Because you know, people don't realize. You've got to remember, and I won't be like the Bible tonight. I'm not going to be two-thirds negative, one-third positive. That's the Bible. It's two-thirds negative, one-third positive. There's always hope in God. There's not always hope in the world. The second time you see... I want you to see benefits, okay, is I want you to turn to Psalm 116. And we'll not tarry long tonight, I promise. Psalm 116. Let's start at the beginning of this. I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my... Sometimes you just need people to hear you, don't you? If you're willing to listen to God, you know what? He's been listening to you for a long time. Because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon Him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me. The pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Sometimes he lets you be brought low so that you can know that it's him who's going to do the helping. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt how? Bountifully, right? For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from, from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I have spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. And that hasn't changed. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his what? Benefits toward me. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Pay my vows. 
a man who was one of the first members of the background of this church years ago. Didn't end up staying in our church. But he loved the Lord. He went through a lot of things. I asked you to pray because I got called to ask and go talk to John Longley. We were friends for a long time. All John wanted to say to me is, you know, Bryant, things that we took, you know, sometimes when we're younger, we think are so adam- we're adamant about, they really don't mean as much when it comes to the most important things. His service was yesterday. I didn't go. There was family issues there. <laughs> you want to ask me about it later? You can. All right? It's not important. But the important thing is, John made sure, and I talked with his daughter multiple times before the service, who he wanted to preach his funeral and what he wanted done because he has family members who still don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that he loves dearly. And he said, I want to give them one last gift even after I'm gone. And that's the gift of having an opportunity to hear again how Jesus Christ can save. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. That's a benefit. All those who come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Friends, come apart. Families, physical families, many times come apart. If you belong to Jesus, you can't come apart. You can pull back, but He takes you to heaven anyways. Because you're His. Amen? Amen. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. said, we're not tarrying long tonight. I might be done by 8.30. Or it could be 9.30. Jeremiah chapter 18. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. That's one of my favorite messages. The potter's house. Go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he did what? He made it again, another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a... Old things are passed away, behold... All things are become new. He's making us new. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in the hand in mine hand, O house of Israel. I want to tell you tonight, you don't like the way God's making you? He's not done with you. And I'm not preaching that message, but you know, he makes a vessel out of clay. And the vessel doesn't get value until it's gone through the fire three or four times. The first time it goes through the fire, it's a clay pot. 
The second time, they can start glazing it and making it prettier. They can add color to it. And it becomes harder and able to hold water better. But boy, when it goes through the third time, and you know what we do? We don't like the potter's wheel because he's making us. A potter has to work the lumps out. Okay. I've given the heavenly potter an awful lot of work. He's got to work it out. And then the value comes up as you go through it. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. At what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to build and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. I will repent of the good. You know what I'm saying with that? God's not. That's not repenting like God's repenting from sin. You understand me? God's benefit is based upon blessing. God's blessing is based upon, for his children and for his nation, it was obedience. God will always reward practical righteousness or righteous behavior. You still may go through it. You've got to understand, he will reward it. That doesn't mean you're not going through the fire because he wants to make you more valuable. That the trial of your faith being found more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be what? Tried in the fire, that it may bring forth what? Glory. I think we heard a Sunday school class hmm? and, a Sunday, and a Sunday night message on glory and honor, and power. If you didn't hear it, ask Pastor Kenny and go look it up because it's on the website. God seeks. Too many Christians, they think God is seeking. He wants to judge them. He wants to do something. He wants to take from them. No, God wants to bless I don't know about you, but I always want to bless my children, my grandchildren. If the Lord tarries great-great-grandchildren, I want to be a blessing to them. But you know what I won't bless? Unrighteous living. And I can love them, but learn to do well. And then God can openly pour out His blessing. If I want to bless my children and I can't bless them if they're doing wrong and too many parents make excuses for their children and their bad behavior. Read an article. There's a woman, a teacher. She was going to inherit a lot. Okay, you remember that she was just she was just taken and some horrible things done to her by a man that our government should have kept behind bars and didn't because of the culture we live in today. And he killed her. Her mother, talking to a reporter, said, 
he shouldn't have to face what he's facing because inside he's a really good person. He's a multiple offender. You say, why do you say that? Because I've watched Christians make excuses for behavior that ought not to be said about Christians. Did I say they weren't saved? No. But God is very direct because if He's not, repentance won't come. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we have not sinned, we make what? You make him a liar, and his word is not in us. That doesn't mean you're not saved. You know what God's word will do? It'll benefit you. You know why Pastor Kenny and everybody's looked at, we looked at the, the new Sunday school curriculum and we're getting people to memorize verses? Because wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Not my head. The heart deals with the choices. The head deals with the knowledge. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you know it and don't live it. That's kind of like, you know, I looked at one thing and it talked about prayer. And it mentioned the fact that we shouldn't have people who believe in prayer. We should have people who practice prayer. Amen? Okay. Definition of benefit. An act of kindness. A favor conferred. Advantage. Profit. A word of extensive use in expressing whatever contributes to promote the prosperity and personal happiness of someone. Or adds value to property. To benefit someone is to do good to them, to improve them. Second Corinthians chapter one. If you're saying, Pastor, I thought you said it's going to be positive. This is as positive as I get. Don't believe me? <laughs> Ask Pastor Kenny. <laughs> I don't want, you'll give me more benefit. See, I'm preaching on benefits. If you ask Judy, it's straight out. Okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 8. For we would not, brethren, to have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we have the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. And I love that next verse, because it says, Who delivered us from so great a death? That's the past. And doth deliver. That's what? The present. 
and in whom we trust that he will what? Past, present, and future. In one verse. Ye also helping together by prayer. See, you mean your prayers do mean something. Ye also helping together by prayer for us that the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, our manner of life, our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to you, word. For we write none other things unto you that what we read or acknowledge. I trust that ye shall acknowledge even to the end. As also ye have acknowledged us in part that we are your rejoicing, even as ye are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. What is our hope? What is our rejoicing? Are not even ye? That's the, the crown of rejoicing. Okay? Another reference to it. And in this confidence, I was minded to come unto you before that ye might have a what? Second benefit. Second benefit. And to pass by you into Macedonia and come again out of Macedonia unto you and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness or the things that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh? That with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, and nay, nay. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Why? Because God is faithful. Now he which establisheth you with us in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. <coughs> Second benefit. Because of Paul's confidence in God and God's leading him to them, for them. A second benefit. Okay. Some people, you know, they're, they're, the Pentecostals like to talk about the second blessing. They don't know what the second blessing is. Scripture with Scripture with Scripture. Study it out. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count, out their, count their own masters worthy of all honor. Did it say that the masters were good? That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. It's talking about how you perform your duty under who's your boss. And if they have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service. See, because I want you to know when it says, as let as many as servants are under the yoke, count their masters worthy of all honor. And then he says, and if they're saved, that's even better. Because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. 
partakers of the benefit, the benefit of salvation. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Withdraw thyself. I have counseled many a young person, very quickly to times, just in passing, if they're looking for work, do the best job they can on whatever job they start with. And in this day and age, you know what it's going to do? It's going to show. Don't follow the grumblers and the complainers. Work harder. Work better. Listen to the authority over you. You have a benefit that they don't have. You have the benefit of salvation many times. If they're saved, count them as brethren. But don't get caught up in his gain as godliness. I want more. I deserve more. It'll come because you have a heavenly Father that wants to take care of you. Last place. I didn't finish it fast. Philemon, chapter 1. I am so glad Judy didn't want our boys named Onesimus. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. It was his, he led him to the Lord, okay? Which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but what? That is the benefit that could come to Paul only if the other person is willing to let it be a benefit. There are benefits that can come to us all. God works through people and the people have to be willing to let the benefit be. We ought to be people who are willing to be a benefit to others and not always looking to be benefited by others. And all God's people said, good night and God bless.